like and then once he would he started telling me stuff he believed uh-huh. i really started believing it like could you give us some examples yeah well there's a lot of examples but i'll start by saying stuff like um alex jones was like a huge influence on both of us so like anything he would talk about like um concentration camps being in america like like now today and we just don't know about it or harp like uh Uh which is like highly active royal research program in alaska Uh that you know are basically doing weather control like all all this stuff but then it, it would start to get like a little more weird like um reptilian shapeshifters uh you know that there are aliens here right now that are reptile like humanoids and they blend in by changing their physical frequency into human forms and And you were and you were like reading books about it like preaching it it. i believed it so much that i would like a christian believes in jesus and like spreads the word to people like at Uh parties like i would be getting i would get like fucked up at parties and just be like preaching hey everybody this is tom goss host of believe in the tribe um today's episode with jesse johnson talking about conspiracy theories uh and then life around it her life condition while uh, falling into the rabbit hole of conspiracies theories. Uh, follow her at Jetski Johnson on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Follow the podcast at Leaving the Tribe Pod, Twitter and Instagram, uh, and me at Gosgos Six. Really fun. Well, fun, fun is <laughs> uh, I shouldn't describe it as fun. Really good episode, um, and uh, really glad she was able to share her story on the show. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, don't have all the info, info I uh, uh, teased on the intro of the last episode, but uh, it will be up soon. Thank you all for listening and enjoy today's episode with at Jesse. Or <laughs> I'm all fucked up. I almost plugged her <laughs> social media again, uh, but it's a really good episode. And uh, thank you, Jesse Johnson, for coming on and sharing. Please enjoy the show. have like a, a, a like a rig for mean boys and then people would just start leaning back oh yeah that's we experienced that too but comedians are supposed to know to speak into the uh the microphone so i feel like there are fewer troubles not a lot that. of comics these days leave the mic in the stand no i rarely see that no, you no, you don't. I started to a little bit. I started playing my trumpet uh-huh. on stage. Oh, you're playing your trumpet <laughs> yeah, on stage yeah. now? <laughs> a little bit. So I'll put the, I'll keep it in the mic because obviously I, my hands are full. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I can't. That, that makes <laughs> sense. Well, I feel like I feel like comedians usually kept the mic in the stand back in the day because they did a lot of like weird things with their hands. Like if you watch like '80s comics, they'll like yeah the hand you know. But I I don't know. There's no pro. Yeah. Um. 
but yeah, thank you for doing the show. I, I just started recording since the, the levels were fine. Uh, Jesse Johnson. Hello. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Agreed to do the podcast having no idea what I was asking <laughs> you to do, which I very much appreciate. Um, and you do screw-ups with Nicole. Yes, which and you've it, been a guest on. I've been a guest on, and um, uh, yeah, people love Nicole's episode. They're going to they're yeah, they're gonna love you too, but if you haven't checked up, checked up, checked out screw-ups <laughs> by now, you... you uh, you should. Although, you know what's funny? For the recommended podcast for Leaving the Tribe, it's not Mean Boys. The number one is Screw-Ups. Really? Yeah. That's so bizarre. I don't know what it is for you. I haven't checked, but the number one recommended for Mean Boys is like five. And uh, when you, for like your things to listen to? Yeah, for iTunes. If That's you <laughs> If you go to, if you go to my podcast, it has like... Uh, iTunes is like, here, Tom... Do you think we think you'd like this podcast about screwing up? Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes yeah. No, it it makes sense. It's a it's a more it's a more similar. Mean Mean Boys is kind of its own. But you've been how many episodes of Mean Boys? Two hundred and is it two hundred and one now? I think two hundred one is. Did we record? I think we're at two hundred exactly. That's insane. That should be your number one recommend. Yeah, it just shows how little people actually like me who listen to the show. Uh, no, I'm kidding. People yeah. loved your episode. Oh, of scripts. oh and thanks. In fact, I mean, I know Nicole and I want other people to come back, but you were the only one in the episode that we were like, well, oh, we got to bring it, got to bring you back for I'd, another. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love, I'd love to do it again. I had a lot of fun. Uh, it's the only show I've been on where you, do you still heckle people with the harmonica? Well, I mean, a little bit. If it like you asked for it, you were I like, loved it. you were like, hit me with the harmonica yeah. right at a sad point. Or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I loved it. I love it. You know what? There's so many podcasts in any anything where there's someone's doing at least something a little bit different. I greatly appreciate it because yeah. I feel like there's ten thousand podcasts and nine thousand five hundred of them are the same podcast. Yeah, a lot of them are very similar. So any any little thing like that, I uh, greatly appreciate. A theme is great, and this one has a very yeah. specific theme. This one does have a very specific theme. It's in the title. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to keep it very simple, or I'll forget what I'm doing. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I want to ask you because I listen. I've listened to a couple episodes of Screw Up, and you mentioned that at one point you got really into uh, conspiracy theories. Yes. How did that? Well, what was your life before you got into that? Because it sounded like you got very much very peaceful, carefree. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, yeah, I was. Um, it's honestly this part of my life is so tangled up with so many storylines that uh, it might be a little complicated to talk about. So that's we'll, okay. that's, we'll just this, take this, it. This kind of podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um I was really into ska. Okay. Like that so like literally when I say carefree, like that's the most like uppity right kind of and you're like, from Arizona, right? No worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like everything is like that. I'm from Arizona. See I would have guessed ska before conspiracy theorists. A hundred percent. You mean like today? No, for, based off of what I know you, and I don't know you super well, yeah. but you do have a very kind of like uh, easygoing, you don't exude ska, but like you play the trumpet, I'm guessing. Were you in a band? Yeah, I, I, I started playing trumpet at 10 and my junior high, uh, the, t- the director there was really serious about music and I didn't uh-huh. have many friends. And so he was like, um, it was just a place that I finally was like, oh, this is what I need to do. I play the trumpet. Gotcha. Like, this yeah. is like, I'm going to. Yeah. And at one point 
he had me direct the band and he soloed on French horn. So I was like conducting the band at, you know, 13 or 14. And that's, that's, and I don't know anything about like marching band or that kind of stuff, but that not that, that's like directing a film kind of like that's it is in a way i i have i actually way later and went to film school and i have directed like short films before and it it, i think film is more intense because the instruments then are like the camera department and the makeup and like those things happen so in other places but yeah a band it is kind of analogous because you have the clarinet section and the trumpet section right. and the percussion and they're all doing their own thing but you have to make sure they all know you know when to do it <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, you kind yeah. of assist like you you trust that they all know what to do but right. you're there to kind of just assist and you know direct gotcha. and everything yeah so that was like a clear path uh-huh and when i got to high school i i'd i'd already been listening to Scott. i'd had the little walkman you uh-huh. know, you yeah. ever have those? Yeah. Oh, no, I had those for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. It, I'd ride my bike. They'd skip all the time, but right. I would still. So I was listening to Sky, and I remember hearing this concert. I must have either was just getting into high school or wasn't quite there yet, but uh-huh. I saw this band play. Okay. And What band was it? They're called... Well, I, I don't know if I should use the names of all these things uh, uh-huh. in talking about Yeah, people. I mean, use your own. If there's a reason you think yeah. you shouldn't, use <laughs> your own discretion. this all yeah. leads into, like, everything. Sure, gotcha. Um, which is crazy you asked about that, uh-huh. Scott, because it really did. Like, I saw this band, and I, I remember they were just in high school, uh-huh. and I was, like, getting into high school. And I remember it almost feeling magical in a sense of like, or like it was really weird. It felt surreal. I was just like, I saw this trumpet player guy and I was like, there's something about this guy. Like I'm crazy about him. Uh And it was just, I feel so stupid now that I was so like obsessed with it almost, but it was, I can't, I don't even know how to describe it. It was Was like a spell. Was it him specifically? It was like, it was, him specifically like the uh-huh. whole thing was cool but he was like the lead singer and the trumpet player and uh-huh. i think it was like hey this guy's i think part of it was he was say like a you know not much older than me but he was playing this concert and Scott, right. and maybe it was something like that i wanted to be sure i don't know but that's also it's like that's i i don't think you're uh outside of the norm in terms of like like yeah. <laughs> girls find talented musicians attractive. I hate it, but it felt like a spell. Like sure. I, f- I felt like it felt like a spell was casted that day, where uh-huh. it was like there's gonna be some history. Gotcha. Whether I created all of that myself or if there really was some metaphysical thing happening, I don't know. But I ended up going to high school, getting the marching band, and that guy was the section leader in the marching band. Uh-huh. So now I'm like in he's class right with this guy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like my teacher, kind of. Like the section leaders are basically the leaders of that section, obviously, uh-huh. <laughs> but they're right. but they're students. Uh-huh. So now I'm like, and I'm close with this guy, and we end up dating for a bit. And about six months, he's a senior, I'm a sophomore. And uh-huh. we're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, crazy. Um, we break up. He broke up with me on New Year's Eve. And uh-huh. then <laughs> and it was like, I, that was like the first night I drank. Oh, really? Alcohol was just. And this is like 14, 15? Yeah, 14. Yeah. Um, and 
I anyway we break up and then we kind of got back together like six months later Mm -hmm. it's basically all i'm getting at is like this became a really long like back and forth kind of thing yeah yeah and i was just i wrote but at this point i couldn't i remember they were recording a cd Uh and i'd get to go to the recording thing and i just i couldn't believe you felt special because yeah yeah I couldn't believe, like, now, I look now like I'm working in Hollywood, and, like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the things I want to do, but, like, back then, I was, like, I can't believe this is my life, right. <laughs> like, I was so excited, <laughs> um, but he, I, I, like, love this guy, and, and I'm trying to think exactly, it's hard for me to just get right into the conspiracy stuff, because they're, I feel it's, like you have to understand the history. Yeah, no, and please like, explain the history, yeah, yeah, whatever you think, yeah. But, yeah, we, so, we were, like, getting, we got back together, I think, six months to a year after he'd broken up with me to be Uh with his, like, ex-girlfriend. Right. And it was, like, the day after he had broken up with her, we hooked up, like, the day after. Yeah. And had sex. And so, like, some people don't know hooked up, but (laughs) (laughs) I have to clarify, because I'm, like, 15, and I love this guy, and we, like, I don't know, but it was very clear now that i'm older that he was he knew i was like in love with him right and he wasn't in love with me but right. we would have sex so for a 17 year old yeah. that's like fucking awesome <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you know yeah not all 17 year olds but for this guy that was like perfect right and he had it at a, an apartment because he at, at this point he'd graduated so he was in college and i was in high school mm-hmm. and oftentimes i would just go to his apartment we'd smoke a lot of weed and drink beer and have sex and then i'd go to high school the next day <laughs> and, and 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 around that time was when we started looking up all these conspiracies uh-huh. and so it was the two of you together yes uh-huh. and i i think a lot of it was him telling me like these things kind of like your typical cliche college kid smokes a lot of weed like just found out the truth like right you know spewing all of this right. like information and that they, he read off wikipedia and yeah. i'm like loving this guy who like i think is just has entered my life like through some kind of higher realm magical you know? ska <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> like wizardry my my dreams had come true you know yeah um uh, and but before before like he started doing like you had no you didn't go down any of the conspiracy rabbit holes like that wasn't a thing you did before then no it it really wasn't i it was like i think just through this guy like and then once he would he started telling me stuff he believed. Uh-huh. I really started believing it. Like, could you give us some examples? Yeah, well, there's a lot of examples, but I'll start by saying stuff like um, Alex Jones was like a huge influence on both of us. Okay. So, like, anything he would talk about, like um, concentration camps being in America, like, like now today, and we just don't know about it or harp like uh Uh which is like highly active royal research program in alaska Uh that you know are basically doing weather control like all all this stuff but then it it would start to get like a little more weird like um reptilian shapeshifters uh uh, you know that there are aliens here right now that are reptile like humanoids and they blend in by changing their physical frequency into right. human forms and, and you were and you were like 
reading books about it, yeah. like preaching you it. All of it yeah. I believed it so much that I would it, like a Christian believes in Jesus and yeah. like spreads the word to people. Like at uh-huh. parties, like I would be getting, I would get like fucked up at parties and just be like preaching, right. you know, like preaching the Jones. Yeah, for yeah. real. And uh, but then it, and then it kind of took a little even more of a turn where it was like even just like the number twelve was like highly significant. Uh-huh. The number twelve, like even with time. You know, there's 12 months in a year, or 12 hours in a day. There's 12 notes in an octave, like they're right. chromatically. There's there's really just 12 notes in general, and then uh-huh. they just repeat. Sure. And so, then that like tied into these reptilian shapeshifters, where like in sound, there's only 12 frequencies, and they're adjusting their frequencies uh-huh. and physical form vibrationally so that has something to do with sound and there there are all these like connections that didn't make any sense that i was like grasping onto right but you were you were making these connections yeah i think i would he was making these connections yeah and i felt like together we were gonna change the world yeah like we were gonna do something (laughs) yeah no 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 i i'm i've i've i know what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Uh, i feel like a really quick tangent cool that you asked me to do this podcast because of what you talked about on our podcast i was uh-huh. like well if i can open up about this stuff to anybody i think tom will be chill yeah not, like, no tr- trust me i've <laughs> i've thought like just different brand of crazy but there's no yeah. there's no you know and it's also here's here's another thing is it's difficult when i don't know if you're especially if you're young and there's an older boyfriend kind of leading you through this like you know that's that's uh yeah there's if you there's zero judgment on my end and i there will be zero judgment from the listeners too they (laughs) yeah you hear that yeah (laughs) they're all uncross your arms yeah (laughs) (laughs) whoever's listening yeah well it's so funny it's so funny and i I don't want to make this a huge tangent but there's nothing more taboo than who you used to be yeah i think that's the most taboo thing Incest is on Pornhub right now. Like, like, like the, we we we've elected pedophile, but who you used to be is still like the weirdest thing to bring up right now. If it's not a perfect record, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy. I really like that you said that. I have I have a lot of plants right now. Uh huh. And uh, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> but <laughs> now I have all these plants, and I I was thinking of that just either yesterday or the day before how with scripts podcasts and stuff i'm yeah. often like god i was such an idiot or i was such a loser and i'm like hating my past but then i i thought of this one plant i have in particular that mm-hmm. at one point was almost completely dead uh-huh. and i i was gonna repot it and then i said well let's see i, I just put it in a new place uh-huh. and watered it properly and it's now bloomed so big uh-huh. and that's like that plant wouldn't ever, if it had thought, be like, God, I was such an idiot. I couldn't even grow a leaf. Right. <laughs> like, it was just not having proper care. Yeah. And it that just was. a new location. Yeah. Same yeah. with, even, and that's an example of, you know, if you hit like a bad point in your life, but even like a small plant that's sprouting wouldn't ever be like, God, I was so small and right. weak. <laughs> like, every step of the way, it's yeah. got beauty to it. Animals don't do that. Animals <laughs> animals try to do the thing, and if they can't do the thing, they're on to the next thing. Yeah. And that is, I think, for human beings, I think that's like, that's what makes us different, and also, I th- it makes, 
Sorry, this is now getting to weird stuff <laughs> that doesn't matter. But I think that it's what makes us better and worse than animals is our ability to process like the past because it does have yeah. relevance and it gives us the ability to grow. It also has the ability to absolutely destroy us. But anyway, we'll get we'll get into more yeah. changes like this towards the end. You're you're at this point. So at this point with this dude, do you at any point question? any of this stuff in the beginning in the middle you know like were you questioning it the whole time at all or it was 100 percent? i was blindly like a hundred percent a believer yeah in all of this stuff right and people would often pick fights with me at parties because uh-huh. i like i said i'd preach it and then they you know there were so many loopholes right and uh, you know gaps in my logic and just what's the point yeah. You know, and I couldn't answer it, but I'd always have something else to say, like right. some other crazy fact that they were like, wait, what? <laughs> and then, you know, but I would like fight. But then, you know, there's the biggest conspiracy probably still to this day, uh-huh. which is 9-11. Right. And that's when at one point I was even protesting at certain events. Um, it, around this time was Occupy Wall Street uh-huh. and Phoenix had an Occupy. Uh-huh. And I'd go down there with a group called 9-11 Truthers, architects, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truths. And uh-huh. we'd meet up at the public library every, like, Tuesday or something. Is is the guy coming with you to this? Yes. Okay, okay. Oh, and the... Cra- okay, so then the, the other part is... So we're seeing each other off and on quite a bit. Uh-huh. And throughout... Uh, you know, I'm going to high school. Well, I had... Played trumpet, you know, I, I think, you know, like five years before I met him. Right. And was pretty serious about it. And then I get into high school and all this other stuff's going on, but I'm still playing. And yeah. I ended up getting a full ride scholarship to NAU, Northern uh-huh. Arizona University on trumpet playing, which is a little mountain town about two hours north uh-huh. of where I was. So we're like, we're going to change the world together. We're seeing each other. And then I find out I get, I'm leaving to... Flagstaff in like a couple months uh-huh. and there's this one point where we we had just had sex and like right after in the bed he was saying I have a girlfriend and you know and I'm devastated crying and he's yeah. like well what it's not gonna work out you're going to Flagstaff you know right. so at that point it was like over but it really wasn't over like um we had been seeing each other like uh, when I'd come to town I'd see yeah. him um and yeah, that's a tricky one because I'm, I remember knowing he had a girlfriend and still hooking up with him, but yeah. there were other times where like, um, he was, you know, kind of forcefully, uh, right. raping. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I, laughing at what you said. I'm laughing at how you said I it. I, I just want the listeners to be clear that. I did not guffaw at the the fact that she she leaned over. I don't know how to say it. She brought her shoulders up. And like, yeah, no. Uh, I yeah. hate talking about it because it's just uncomfortable, and also, it's I'm I'm okay with it now. So I feel uh-huh. like it's like I'm okay to talk about it, but a lot of times it it makes people feel weird. Every, nobody likes to hear about that. But um, anyway, there, yeah. But at the same time, like once. Don't, 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 I don't think you should feel weird talking about it. And I, I, I don't right now. I, I get it. 
I I don't like playing the victim in this this like story because I know at parts like I was making those bad choices but I also was taken advantage of quite a bit in this relationship and that's where I think I told you before like I've at times it felt very cult like I was like extremely into this guy right he was like had this whole theory of how things worked especially with numerology and Uh like things that weren't really it wasn't somebody else's religion and I was just super obsessed over it. And then at times he would just use me for sex. So it was like, right. uh, That's kind of like a cult (laughs) that I realized much later on. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it sounds, you know, it sounds like he sounds like a manipulative person. Yes. And the fact that it started, I mean, a sophomore in high school is still pretty young, especially, yeah, especially when the guy's older and two years doesn't make any difference at our age right but in high school it absolutely does make a difference especially when it's someone where your first impression was i want to be like this person yeah. and some people they see someone who is looking you know plenty of dudes will see like oh this is an opportunity to have power i think that's exactly what it was yeah it was it was yeah and it on such a small scale it uh-huh. it's just a I can't believe it. Like now that I can look back at it with a level-headed mind and like I'm not chained by like (laughs) any kind of power. Like, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird how it, how easily it happened. And, but yeah, any, well, while we were seeing each other kind of secretively, you know, and, and there were, there were other people too in this like group of, like friends, you know, uh-huh. uh, his roommates and stuff that all kind of believe this shit too. They were all, were they all going to like these meetings and stuff as well? A couple of them would go to the the truther meetings, uh-huh. but there was like there were other that was just that was actual like scientists, architects, and engineers who would meet up, right? Um, just trying to ask questions to get a reinvestigation, right, of nine eleven, and I think more so just raising awareness that the official story we were given wasn't correct. Right. So those guys, I don't actually think we're like crazy, crazy at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing with like the nine eleven conspiracy. I don't. I don't. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an architect. But it seems like it. It there's a lot of weird question marks there, and I've drawn no conclusions. But whenever someone's like, "I ah, it was a complete inside job or inside demolition," I've never been like, "Well, you're for sure a lunatic." You yeah. I mean? It's like. <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I'm not stating that it was or it wasn't, but, like, that is one of the conspiracies that I could see going. I think the, uh, I don't, th- now I'm going to just talk about my opinion on conspiracy, <laughs> which is super not the point of the podcast, but I, I think the government had something to do with it, even if yeah. they just, like, turned a blind eye, you know. I think it was at least something they could have stopped. And that group was really cool because they were really careful with letting people keep going with opinions like it was an inside job. Like, anytime there was talk like that, it would immediately get, um, not squashed, but reminded that this group was there to just point out fallacies in the official report. Not come to conclusions. Right, like like the speed of the planes. Uh Uh-huh. Um. There were there were certain facts like the way, the way the re- the official government report mm-hmm. 
said happened on that day, like the speed of the planes was it it was impossible. Right. You know, so there were it was like it that doesn't point any fingers at anybody, but it just shows that the report was made very sloppily. Yeah. Um, I I've, I'm sorry. This is this is another thing. Just uh, the person who officially logged that into history, who took the call at the Pentagon. Yeah. He's a buddy of mine. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> He's a really cool dude. I hope I can get him on here. You eventually. should get him to uh, do your vo- voicemail on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one who officially logged it at the Pentagon and got Damn. the. Uh, yeah. But uh, I also, I'm not going to. Yeah. But I, I just, because it's on, on subject. But that, so that one, but there were other groups as besides this one. This one was. Yeah, that group I'd meet up in those people were actually more normal than the people i was hanging out with uh-huh. so like at this guy's house that i was seeing off and on um he his roommates like they all kind of believed um you know like the reptilian shapeshifters so right. like th- the power of the number 12 and like vibrational frequencies can shift your form and all, like all this like uh-huh. a bunch of just stuff and it right. was all kind of just shared in this household and other friends would come by and just hang out there and it was just just this, like you know, weird group of people who believe this weird yeah. stuff together. With with the with the shapeshifter stuff, did you guys ever get to the point where you actually looking for shapeshifters? Like, there were certain books I'd read that were outright naming politicians, uh-huh. saying like these are shapeshifters. Uh huh. You know, Hillary Clinton is a reptilian. <laughs> like, um but at one point this guy was uh eating monatomic gold which is in one of these books uh that this guy wrote um i think his name is david ike he who at one point had publicly come out and said that he was the second coming of christ and then about a week later retracted his statement and wrote this book that's (laughs) That's what we want, an unconfident <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he wrote this book, and he said there's the substance called monatomic gold, which is ba- – it looks like like a jam, but gold. Okay. <laughs> it's in a jar. It, you know, and it's like a liquid – probably with, like, gold flakes in uh-huh. it. You know, that's he, – he got online, and he would eat this every day to – in hopes of increasing like his vibrational frequency and to sorry this is the guy <laughs> that the, he's saying the politicians are doing this or this is the guy who's writing the book you're reading um both but i'm talking about the guy that i was seeing oh so oh okay yeah <laughs> the guy writing the book said he he would eat it and then he would he would say politicians i actually i'm sorry he would eat it but the politicians i think they just were reptilians uh-huh um, so they wouldn't need the it guy you were dating but the was guy i was dating was buying the shit off but like a jar of gold yeah like a spoonful a day uh-huh and i remember thinking that was a little weird uh-huh was uh, that the first <laughs> this is weird you felt about it or the first time uh, that I was like, what the fuck am I doing? It's kind of dark. I, I came down from Flagstaff. Uh-huh. He had, we'd broken, broken up because, well, we'd broken up, meaning he'd told me he'd been seeing somebody else for a long right. time and had a girlfriend. And I came back to Arizona and I went to his house and he'd been doing a bunch of cocaine and uh-huh. we started to have sex and it just didn't feel right. And I tried to stop and he I, I couldn't stop him yeah and it was just awful <laughs> i mean you, it was yeah, no, it wasn't like a violent 
thing but it, i mean it was just like i you know i couldn't get them off me and it was like we'd already slept together before so uh-huh. it was like all right let's just get this over with kind of right. thing and then if that wasn't bad enough almost immediately after he said that his girlfriend was coming over and i'd have to sleep on the couch to like you know uh-huh. so she wouldn't know about it right so now we have this thing that is like uh, well i'll first of all I'll say that the next morning i called a mutual friend of ours to pick me up and uh-huh. he did and i told him what happened and his first reaction was like man that guy's got problems like uh you know kind of saying how because he doesn't have a dad and like mm-hmm. you know that basically vouching for him uh, right. kind of like yeah that was bad what he did but poor yeah. guy like i he, that here's why that kind of excuse always bugs me is i know a lot of people who've been through horrible things who don't treat other people that way yeah same it's like uh, y- 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 there's i've met people who they don't recreate the wheel yeah and those people should be praised and the people who don't or who do recreate the wheel shouldn't be excused they should yeah. be punished <laughs> yeah no it's uh yeah or the yeah something I, I mean i feel like life works itself out in a way that hopefully they'll learn but then i mean i don't know or they'll just keep recreating right spawn that <laughs> do the right. shit over again yeah but uh, I can't, I mean, when he said that, like, did you, did you know that's kind of a bullshit response on his end? Not at that time, because I was, um, 18 and going back to college like that day. Uh And like I said, I'd been uh, obsessed over this guy. Right. And, um, we slept together before. And so it was just, I don't know, I, at that point in my life, I'd never heard of marital rape or like in that rape could happen in a relationship. Right. Um, which sounds crazy now, but yeah, that it was just never talked about. Every time yeah. I thought of rape, it, it was like some really violent thing that would happen when a stranger would just pull you up in an alley. So right. like that's, you know, so I was, I knew what happened was wrong and I felt like shit, like really pathetic and mm-hmm. just like small but i didn't i didn't you know i kind of i still do blame myself a little bit like what he did was wrong absolutely but i knew he had a girlfriend like i shouldn't Uh have been over there um so yeah and that i think because i was so ashamed like and his reaction was so like it wasn't that big a deal i just didn't tell anybody else right and that was the point then where now i'm fighting all these conspiracies and then in my own personal life i have like the secret yeah. which is like really stupid but um multi-layered and yeah well i mean i guess my question is did you the two-part question did you get deeper into conspiracies after that or did you with with withdraw a little bit at that point i i actually i think i got deeper into conspiracies because at that point in time this was I was researching 9/11 Truth, but I hadn't joined the Architects and Engineers yeah. group yet. What happened was I'd gone back to school. The next six months or whatever were kind of a blur. It was a lot. Uh, 
keeping up with that scholarship. Right. Um, I had to take so many classes and it, I got really overwhelmed. And I think with everything else going on, I just was like, what am I doing with my life? Right. And I dropped out of school and moved uh-huh. back to Phoenix. And then at that point was seeing this guy a lot more. I went back to him. I knew what what happened was bad, but I was still like infatuated by him in a way. Right. And I went back to him. And meanwhile, at one point, me and him and another guy had done acid together. Uh And on that night, we had all kind of decided that through our we were going to change the world (laughs) like with this production company Uh um film and music and comedy like we were like this is this is it like and it was really exciting but a while later i kind of realized what i think what had happened that day was those two guys had really bonded Uh over a friendship and i was just kind of there like witnessing it (laughs) you know um because what had unfolded over the next years were them really like leading this production company so to speak uh-huh. um which was just them making movies right you know um and me just helping out like a pa yeah wherever they needed and anytime i'd write a script it was like we can't do it or you right. know and i was just like helping them like kind of serving this group uh, so it was kind of the same stuff that was happening before but now this group had the name to it and a, a logo and so it, it felt even more cult like yeah um Cause I don't know. And also my mind was just, I had this secret that I was harboring of seeing this guy too, um, while he had his girlfriend and, uh, uh, I joined the Occupy Phoenix Uh and, uh, yeah, I I remember I like, I was getting really heavy into it and I think I was latching on to like believing in something and like just spewing this um propaganda so to speak yeah just so i didn't have to face anything happening in my like personal life well yeah that's actually that was that was my next question is how much of it because you got into it because of him and then he turned out to be a piece of shit and but you're still emotionally attached to him how much of the conspiracies then became about emotionally being unattached to it how much of it was it was became a just therefore a distraction in some way Well, when his girlfriend found out about us. Oh, she found out. Yeah. How did, how did that? I honestly, I don't remember how. Yeah. Um, but it, it was, um, we'd, we'd been seeing each other. Sometimes he would just show up at my house. Mm -hmm. Other times I'd beg him to come over. Right. Um, it, it was very like both sided, you know, we were both at, at fault with this thing. Um, but we would, you know, we'd go to this group and protest, but then sometimes he'd just come over to my house, um, and we'd just have sex and then he'd leave. And, Mm -hmm. and it, the whole thing felt really pathetic. Like, uh, I, I'm not like digging on him, like, but it was like two seconds, you know, and then Uh he'd leave. Like it was, there was no love or romance or like, I was, I can tell now it was clearly just being used for sex and it was masturbatory on his end yes and then you know occasionally we'd like go fight crime together (laughs) basically Uh, wait what not not really fight crime but like when we'd get into these conspiracies like i was really believing like we were going to do something to change the world in a positive way it felt very much like a purpose and maybe just 
a means to justify what my behavior uh-huh. or or what was happening. But anyway, when she found out, it was like ev- the whole s- reality structure just like crumbled because he immediately just blocked me from everything and just stopped talking to me altogether. Mm-hmm. And all of our friends in that like weird group I was in again, like I was like shunned from a group. So I guess when I was leaving this tribe, I was kicked out. (laughs) Basically I was like exiled from this place. I was like every, and that was my whole life. I, besides my, my family who was like there for me, but I don't think they knew what was really going on. Right. You know, you were able to hide most of, what was going on either i was able to hide it or we just never talked about it or they were just hey we'll love you no matter what (laughs) you know (laughs) but uh, did you talk to them about the conspiracies yeah like i would i would tell them my what i was believing in and to the point where like now my dad is really into certain conspiracies and i feel a little responsible you think you may have gotten him Maybe he gets like really worked up like I used to be. And now at this point, I'm like, I don't care. I, I don't we'll never know right. like all the answers. So right. like I don't waste my time on it anymore. I mean, even if you even even I don't know an older like is your dad over 50? Yeah. I don't know a single older white man between ages like 50 and 65 who isn't into at least three conspiracy theories. Yeah, why? I wonder if it's because of the internet and how they kind of grew up with it and now they have all this information. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I like, I'll give you, like, my dad, and here's the problem with my dad, is some of them, I can't tell when he's looking up science that's just, like, kind of, like, not avant-garde, but, like, just, like, studies, because he's very smart. I don't know what's him actually reading up on, like, professors and shit like that and reading, like, whatever, you know. That's cr- same with my dad. My dad's a rocket scientist. Yeah. Well, my dad, like, one time I told my dad I was depressed and he goes, oh, it's might be the sun. I'm going to look up the solar flares. If there's a lot of solar <laughs> flares, it could it can affect your mood. And then he spent a bunch of time looking at the solar flare patterns. And uh, that's the thing. Like, I still don't know. Is like, is that... I don't know if he's on to something or, you know, but sorry, I mean to cut you off. No, that's a great point. There's a lot of stuff like that where people that are really smart back up these ideas that, I mean, it's hard not to believe some of these theories, but what happens is a lot of that gets mixed in with some other weird stuff that they all kind of get lumped together, conspiracy theories, whereas some of it is like actually backed by facts Yeah, Um, and it's not as like cuckoo is some of the other shit right You're some things isolated are different than the conclusions that i feel like a lot of conspiracy theories are people going okay this doesn't make sense does anyone else notice this doesn't make sense and that part's sane they go okay but the reason it doesn't make sense is lizard people exactly it's the conclusions that make them completely crazy yeah we don't like admitting we don't know something i know and that's the base of all existence we right. don't know anything anything really. yeah. so it's like that's why i had to get out of it because i was like i was i was so obsessed with trying to find like an answer to something when it, i was like yeah there's no there's not gonna be an answer <laughs> you right. just have to yeah. accept it and move yeah. on it's okay i think to um when people are losing lives like you know, 9-11 and stuff to maybe look into it and say, well, some things aren't adding up. But when you start just, yeah, patching on like, well, this is why 
just because right. it kind of you know you don't y- it's the same story the government told us there's still holes in it so you can't yeah, yeah. but okay so so going back to what we're talking about she she found out however she she found out was very angry obviously right. um called me cussed me out you know yeah uh i think i talked to him one more time and yeah it was basically just like don't call me again uh-huh. like it was like a yeah it just kind of validated everything that i was like, oh i really am just like an object to this guy <laughs> like i really right. don't matter okay um and yeah, after exactly. that yeah. that that was just rough because i was like I felt all alone. I was, I just, I dropped out of school. I was not going to school. I was, uh-huh. you know, moved back, not back home in with my parents, but back home in uh, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I had my own like one bedroom apartment and it just, it felt like, I don't know. I just felt so lonely, like so right. rock bottom there. Just ashamed of what I'd done. Like, and then um, I, I mean, I feel like most comedians are people like this. Like we really just want to make people happy at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, and entertain. And so like to have hurt like so many people it, yeah. it, and just like disappointed <laughs> so many people. I was like, uh, and I took all this on like myself. Uh-huh. And I think it kind of hurt a lot too uh, at the time that this guy had nothing like he, nothing happened. Like I took in right. all of the, the blame and he just, kept on with his life and did, 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 did his 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 girlfriend they kept saying yes they ended up breaking up but that like a couple years later yeah it just yeah. kind of got all pushed on to you yeah and you know we had a small group of friends that we were you know i'm i'm glad it happened this way now because like i said i was just basically their pa yeah you know for right. short films yeah. <laughs> like that are they were they were just kind of <laughs> It, it sounds like in every aspect they were just kind of using you. Yeah, and I and I, you know, I didn't have the self worth or the um, self esteem to stand up for myself. Right. So I, you know, I just kind of let it happen. But um, by that, by that all blowing up, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, you know, like, oh, you're, you suck. Like, <laughs> basically, yeah. I remember that one. The other guy called me and said, you know, because of what just happened, meaning her finding out. Um, we can't we can no longer work with you and it was it was very like a professional like call but we were just you know we were just friends starting this thing together so that that it was like all of that that i kind of in a way left school to pursue yeah was now over was was that really why you you like and i know it's probably it's probably a mixture of things Um, i feel like it was a pulling force because right um i really at the time felt connected towards something that i thought had a bigger purpose yeah um and kind of like you know that like kind of like that plant i was saying that's like you know had a time that was kind of almost decayed and completely um I I was I've able to like create a life out of that that right. I'm really proud of. So right. it, it it's weird how that all happened. I wonder if 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 it hadn't happened that way, what my life would be like. Sure. I wonder that quite often. Sure. Um, that was a very pivotal point of yeah. my existence, and I almost wonder if sleeping with him and her finding out 
was something that's deep down I wanted to happen to True. get out of it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it wasn't a conscious deci- decision, but subconsciously um, you were, you I were think I was a little glad that, I mean, I was devastated at the time, but I think part of me was happy that it was like over. Yeah. After, after it was over, what, how did you, cause you didn't really have any friends outside of this group. No, I had, I had one friend come back from like junior high uh-huh. who would just hit me up randomly and he was really into the conspiracy theories and he would hang out with me. We'd hang out. And I remember one day thinking like, he's crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the stuff he was saying, it, I was it, just it, like, what? Like, and I think I started seeing like what other people saw yeah. in me maybe, or like, I just, he took it, he took it, like, I thought I was crazy, and his ideas were even more that I was like, what? Where did, where did he take it? He was talking about, like, elevators to the moon that (laughs) were (laughs) disguised by Uh certain, I don't know, and it was kind of like, he was kind of like, well, how can you not believe that? Like, you believe everything. (laughs) I was like, wait, no, Uh, and that, yeah, I remember that just kind of waking me up a little bit and my mom like was really pushing me to go back to film school Mm -hmm. and when I went to film school I was able to finally kind of create the stuff I wanted to and not just be background to like helping these other guys make the stuff they wanted and the first film we had to do before you could get into any other class it was their you know their entry was we had to shoot on real film Mm -hmm. and as a result you have to, it's really expensive so you have to yeah. really plan out every shot um and i kind of made this avant-garde black and white i, I had black and white film because it was cheaper but it, it ended up looking kind of cool and it was just this avant-garde piece called the waiting room and mm-hmm. i think i like poured a lot of my emotions out in this thing and was able to just call it like weird because yeah. it was you know four minute entry film right. it was it was I mean, we knew going in, like, this is practice. This isn't your Sundance film. Right. So I, I did, it was really cathartic for me to, I don't know, have my voice in a medium and yeah. not be just helping other people with their voices. Right. And, and I was, like, uplifted, you know, by my peers and not squashed down uh-huh. by, like, it other was people. Well, it was well received, too. Yeah, I mean, it was... It Is looked good. I had a really yeah. good crew that lit it really well. So, like, you know, they it looked really neat. Um, mm-hmm. But even just working as a team like that felt really good and uh-huh. um we'd we'd all rotate so like i would direct mine and then on the next film i would light the other person right so we it, everybody played every part so there was no like i'm the leader and everything i say is like you have to do yeah you know this was like okay we're gonna take turns and it felt very collaborative and i felt like a peer not mm-hmm. like a lesser than yeah um and that, yeah that i think Shortly after that, a sketch comedy group in town had posted they were doing auditions. Mm -hmm. And because I'd left this other group and I had nothing, I wasn't like loyal to them. Uh Uh, I was like, oh, I'll go audition to this group. And I got in sketch comedy. And through that, we had a stand-up open every sketch show. And I met that guy and he said he ran a show and that's how I got into stand-up. And so like uh, everything after that has just been like... Better, been, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Better and better and better. Yeah. After, after. So, how long? How long before you got back into film school? After you, you kind of were exiled. How long did that take? Um, 
I want to say I it's so blurry I, I really don't remember but I would say like a year yeah. maybe that I was six months to a year that I was just kind of not doing anything uh-huh. um and just I, I I don't know I really felt like I I remember times of like looking out the window it but like I could see myself looking out the window like in that time like right. I was like not me you I was were dissociative were you still smoking weed at that point yeah, <laughs> yeah. a lot of weed I don't I I rarely smoke now um I every once in a while I will but yeah during that time it was like I'd roll up a blunt and like smoke it throughout the day. Yeah, and, like and you were having like doing dabs and shit. Yeah, uh, not dissociative, but um, out of body kind of like that level of depression for that. Yeah. Uh huh. But you ready to pull up? Sorry, and I, I just, I mean, this is this is the part I'm always interested in. How did you go? Because you were, you, you know, you were exiled. You didn't have any friends. You had that one person who called you up. Besides that, you're kind of alone. How did, like, what, what did, like, these are all external forces. Was it just that you needed these, was it just a matter of, like, the plant moving from one place or another, or was there any, like, what was the internal growth that got you going again after you kind of hit that point? I know that's I, a that's a I know, it's a, hard a, question It's a really answer. interesting question. I, I had... So my mom was like, my mom and my dad were guiding forces. My dad was kind of helping me financially, like uh-huh. get through stuff. But my mom was really pushing me to go back to school and like not give up. Yeah. Um. And but I did have another friend, uh, Janelle, who I'd met in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to this day, I think the only reason I went to school for that year was to meet her because she's like I I remember growing up. I must moved like 10 times because right. my parents are divorced. So I was like always moving. I never, I was always kind of envious of people who had best friends. Yeah. Um, but I met her in Flagstaff and we, hit, we hit it off and we had fun hanging out and stuff. But when I'd moved back going through what I just told you, I kind of was, I wasn't a very good friend to her in the sense that like, I wasn't calling her to hang out. Like I was, I was somewhere else mentally. Yeah. You were. Yeah. But she always, be there you know the whole step of every step of the way and so i think i think seeing that like through losing all these other friends but then there was this person who was like no i'm being a what a a real friend is like i'll Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be here for you yeah you know nothing crazy just i'm here you know right and i remember thinking uh you know oh wait like i don't have to be so like obsessed of what I've just like lost or don't have like I like there's all this stuff right in front of me uh-huh. so I think that was like something that I don't know just I, I have enough and uh I mean that I didn't really think of that plant analogy all the way through but I really do think it was like moving to a different place like you said yeah it, it really was I I think having um people lift you up when for so long you were treated like pathetic, um, right. it, it really, uh, I don't know. It can really motivate you to be better yourself. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like that those people that I was with before were like the reason that my life just crumbled, but 
it was really hard for me to personally grow in that environment. They, I mean, they, they everything you said about them, and I don't know them personally, but every thing that I'm hearing, they sound like very toxic people to be around. Yeah. That's the that's a generalist way. I, I, <laughs> I think to phrase it. I no, don't know. You're pers- right. you, you know, and it's, it's it's hard to grow if you're constantly being poisoned. Yeah. You know? Um. And sometimes, sometimes that that alone is just being outside of a toxic environment. You know, yeah, it like that that can make a huge, uh, huge difference. Um, and it's sorry, just because of the, the uh, one more time with the conspiracy thing, it was mostly just that this dude just said he just took it too crazy, and that just kind of snapped you out of it. I, f- I feel like it tapered off. It wasn't yeah. like a light switch for me. It was kind of just, um, uh, I I guess I got into film school. And like I said, we had to do those. I did a couple of projects that I remember doing like a video slideshow, like a picture slideshow and having a, some pictures in there of like conspiracies. Yeah. And 9-11 truth and stuff. And then I'm trying to, th- I, I think. The sketch. I think it really was the comedy that like really started to pull me out of it because it's hard to take things seriously when you're in comedy. Yeah. And so, I mean, uh, now, now that I'm like, I think I'm about seven years into stand up, I allow myself to take certain things seriously. Right. Like I feel emotions now. Like I always did, but like I, I'm not scared to be like, no, I feel something other than humor. <laughs> but, right. yeah. but at that time it was like, oh yeah. Oh, I don't know. Things just got lighter um, doing sketch. And I think we even did some sketches about conspiracies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, yeah, we did. I wrote one about the secret, but it was like you would, the secret, like the book where y- you think about things. Oh, and the they like imagine it and it'll come true book. Yeah, but it was. Of, I haven't read it. It was like if you could pay somebody to think about the things you want. Uh-huh. So they happen. It's basically just a con man. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it was a cathartic way to yeah. kind of just like laugh at all this shit that was really traumatic. Right. I think. Um, and I think through that, um, just being happier making shit and being creative and laughing i feel like it was harder for me to take politics and conspiracies seriously yeah i mean here's a here's i'm curious about this do you think there are any uh like um i'm not even gonna say happy but people do you think there are people who aren't depressed who are obsessed with conspiracy theories i really don't yeah i feel like i mean i i i'm kind of like i it wouldn't surprise me if I did because I like whatever could happen. I'm sure that it's out there, right. but I'm almost everybody I met. It's like they're filling a void. Like they're, they're masking. I don't know. It's, it's some kind of like blame. They're angry at something like right. they need to like, they need to blame something outward sure. in order to just make sense of reality. Right. And yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about someone like Alex Jones. Yeah. You think he's happy? <laughs> no, no, and, well, and that's that's one thing too. Is I wonder because I I do think there's an attachment to like, you know, and we you know we talked about some of my stuff on uh, 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 your podcast where I had a lot of major psychotic breaks. Yeah. Uh, 
and you know um once you know it was it was definitely related to like i feel like depression will break down the walls of reality enough where you can start believing in crazy shit certain brains will take it further than others but like i i think you know it's hard for me and i even got mad when i was dealing with psychosis when people would tell me i'm crazy i'm like people believe in crazier yeah I mean, it was crazier to me, but like people that, you know, you, you don't have you don't have uh, Alex Jones in here. You don't have uh, name any amount of YouTube fucking people who are, are spouting off all of this shit. Why is it unique to me? But I do wonder how closely tied that need to believe is connected to just being very depressed. It's fucked up. And then when it, that shit gets organized, that's what's really scary because yeah. that's what religion is. I think right. religion feeds off of people that are in low, desperate places, and then they find God, or they'll find some kind of bigger meaning. And right. when you organize that shit, then you have an army, and that's people will literally spill blood over their yeah. beliefs. It's like I might have gotten drunk at parties <laughs> and told people <laughs> like the government's reptilian shapeshifters, but I'm never gonna like kill somebody over those beliefs. But the, I mean, that's what the Crusades were. That's what's still happening yeah. now. I'd say it's like well, even 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 with and but people. I mean, you wouldn't. I couldn't. I, <laughs> no. You 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 holding any weapons is a, a hilarious visual in my head. But then again, you think about the PizzaGate guy. He he charged a pizza place with a with a with a with a rifle. It was a, he had yeah. he was low. You know. Um, and I do wonder what the difference is between that and, you know, like you said, the Crusades, other than yeah. the ability to organize. It's like, I know good Christians that I, that I love, but I also see sometimes when they get, they're doing the exact same thing I was doing, where they're like, have you, no, Jesus is real. Like, no, I want you to believe in him. Like, right. I, you know, he saved my life. Like, the, it, it's weird it, to be... I don't know. Even just talking about 9-11 truth to some people is like was like so I would see people talk, preaching the word of God and I'm like, it's basically the same shit. Yeah. It's like uh, it worked for them and it saved them and it's their answer to everything. It's and probably they, a very yeah. similar chemical that's released in your brain yeah. when preaching either. Um, you know, it's it's very similar. It's the same. If you binge eat cheese, it does the same thing as releasing cocaine. Like just because. What? Yeah. Cheese? Yeah. Much safer and or cheaper it, solution. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a lot of, che or, or bi I think it was cheese. Maybe it's just food in general, but binge eating, uh, it's a similar, similar, it releases a similar. Well. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, but, I mean, yeah, it, it is interesting. It's also difficult cause with, with religion because it also does. Some people live, you know, they're trapped in existences where they need something to believe in in order to keep going. Yeah, that's why I'm like, whatever works for people, fine. I just, I don't like it directed at me and I don't ever want to direct it at other people. <laughs> like, right. like, whatever I, like, right. I don't like, I really don't like making decisions on like group activities or any kind of like I don't like having influence in people's decisions any uh -huh. anymore because I think I was so. You think it was because of your experience? Yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I had a malleable mind that was used, and now I'm like very careful about what I say or spread because right. I don't know how that will affect other people.
Yeah. And that scares the shit out of me because I don't want to be intertwined <laughs> with somebody's like, I don't know. Yeah. Bullshit. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it, well, and it gets, it also gets difficult. I feel like the more, uh, you know, uh, the more successful you get, the more in comedy, the more people kind of see what you do and like what you do. Yeah. The more they're going to project uh what they want you to be onto you. Yep. And at a certain point I think you get to stop deciding w- w- like w- almost what you are to people if that makes sense. Yeah. At least to half of them who at least, you know. Yeah, you can brand yourself so much, but I guess that's when you get a PR rep. Right. Well, you're <laughs> going to well, you're going to brand yourself but then people are going to your people are going to I mean you're 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 very you your your stand up isn't and this is why you know it's so funny that I've slowly learned all these things about yeah. you through uh uh but you're in the past I, I, I you don't really talk much a ton about you have actually more last time I saw you were talking more about your life but the first couple times yeah. I saw you it was very like jokey yeah you know like pure it's taken a long time to barely scratch the surface. And I don't even know if I want to keep going down that path. You, th- it's, you know what you I mean? You don't have to. Yeah, because so many... Like, part of me does... I'm going to talk about some stories from my life, but right. I, I don't... I enjoy stuff like this where we can talk on the podcast about things that have happened Yeah. without, like, the pressure of being funny. Right. Because, you know, we're just talking. But on stage, I'm like, I don't know if... Like, that... I'm finally getting to a place where i can talk about it and not like like feel like the chemical like emotions of like how i was when that was happening yeah so i feel like it might take a while before i'm ready to be laughing at it yeah so no it's 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 so funny because so many comedians are like you got to talk about your life like immediately then they'll they'll (laughs) they'll tell that to other comedians i'm like fuck you steven wright didn't talk about his life yeah, there's so you many know, comics. Uh, like Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, actually, this is a funny fact I learned. All of his stories were based in truth. Yeah, I see. I like his style because he will talk about doing drugs and stuff, but they're they're all like, they're all jokes. Like they yeah, they're not like they're still one liners. Yeah, they're not like I'm gonna cut my wrist on stage and spill out all this emotion yeah. to you, and then we're gonna laugh about I it. I get it. You don't like my comedy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> No, I think it's all great. Like Nicole, my co-host, yeah. Nicole, you know, I, she is really good about it. like immediately she'll start talking about stuff and make it funny and she'll heal from it. And so, yeah, and I, I admire her for that. But I think it is important, like you said, to differentiate styles and not everybody has to do that. Yeah. No, I wish I was I could do the kind more of the kind of stuff that you do cuz sometimes I don't want to open up about yeah. everything. It's like, well, f- well f- I I don't know how to be clever about apricots or whatever it is that I would be talking about. I've tried to be funny that way. It doesn't work. Yeah. You know. Well, now I've just brought the trumpet on stage, so I'm not even talking. <laughs> yeah, which I, I love. I love like there's there's so many different ways to do comedy. It's a, it's one of the reasons I lose my mind when people start telling other people like you got to do this thing. It's like yeah. No, we should all be different. Yeah. We should all play to our strengths, and we should all be different. Why is it? So same with the, uh, uh, religion or beliefs, like we were talking about. Yeah, Isn't yeah, no comedy. Just because it works for you doesn't mean it's the answer to everything. Yeah. I feel like I feel like uh, you know, and I'm I, I don't want to you know um, I'm saying this you know it's not a it's by no means a cult. I don't want any of the listeners who've been in a cult to go. They're misusing cult. Right. But they're it feels very um, like 
feel like comedy in LA is getting less and less open to anything that's not the accepted four things you can do, <laughs> if kind that makes sense. Yeah, although when I I have been bringing the trumpet on stage, people it? seem to really like it. That's great. And I was very scared for years. I mean, I, like I said, I've been playing since I'm ten. I'm twenty nine, yeah. so I've been, it's almost two decades of playing this thing. Yeah. And I stand up for seven years, and the whole time I'm like, God, I'd really love to bring it on stage, but I don't want it to be a gimmick. I don't. Uh, to right. be honest, I'm probably gonna offend somebody, but. I don't really like guitar comedy, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, but there, there are some who do it good, but there yeah. a lo- most, almost nine out of 10 times when I see someone walk on stage with a guitar, I'm already like, this is, Rolling I don't like it. Yeah. I, it's like, and I feel like maybe when I bring it up, like part of me does feel like I'm being disloyal to the craft a little bit as like annoying as that sounds, <laughs> but you know, it's stand up. You're just supposed to be talking into the mic and then. But when I play, I have so much fun. Yeah. And people are like, it's cool. Like, I, I have work to do with it. But they seem to be responding to it. So I'm like, right. all right, I'll keep if, it. If you're, if you're having fun, then, then, like, then, then fuck it. Yeah, I was. But I think I was just hearing a lot of doubt in my head. And it was just my, right. my own voice doubting me. But, but when I did it in a few places in L.A., they seemed to like it. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. I, I think maybe... And well, the comics have thought, said it's cool too that I've talked to that were my friends. So I uh-huh. don't know what other people think, but yeah, I don't know if the scene is like uh, against it or here's or here's what. here's here's what I will promise you. Some people I'm sure don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> like I know that. Yeah, get like get that out of your head, right? Right, you know, right? Like I'm, I guarantee you, <laughs> somebody's gonna hate it. But somebody hates everything. Yeah. If you're having fun, then fuck them. Like, yeah. it, you know. It was nice to, like, find a way to have that much fun again on stage doing yeah. stand-up. Because, I don't know, especially doing the mics every night. I think I was talking to Keith about this. So it, was, it, it can get really routine. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, I need something different. So. Yeah. No. And I... I uh, I think it's I think it's great. Um, what? Uh, sorry, to circle back to some of the stuff we we're talking about earlier. You're talking about how now you don't trust group thinking. I I try to. For a while, I didn't believe in anything, and uh-huh. then I realized like even that is believing in nothing. So that really fucked me up because then I'm like, well, right. what do I believe in? And I think that is kind of like. I'm slowly stepping into trying to build my own belief structure that is influenced by my moral compass and right. not other people. Uh-huh. Um, although I do feel a sense of worth and I have a higher se- self-esteem now. So I feel like um, people I, I, am, I admire, like I'll listen to them. But if it doesn't resonate with me, like I'll, I, I try to make m- decisions for myself now. Right. I and mean, I try to just really get down to basics like i believe water is good for you uh-huh like i believe we need to breathe yeah to survive and yeah. even that i'm sure someone could find an example of somebody who was like buried alive for a few days and lived <laughs> right yeah there's <laughs> it's always just all this crazy shit where it's like whatever i i'm tired of asking questions because i don't there's like no answers to them right so i just kind of 
try to enjoy my time here <laughs> and not hurt anybody. Yeah. And uh, no, that's I, a, I mean that's have a great, integrity. <laughs> it's a great philosophy to 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 live by. Um, uh, sorry, a few few more questions. I mean, it seems like and once again, if there's anything you don't want to talk about, I mean, but you know, let yeah. me know. But it sounds like I mean, just based on this conversation, it sounds like you have a lot of guilt as well for that phase in your life i was feeling a lot of guilt and the timing of this podcast was so cool because i really did have that um thinking i was that realization i wrote it down even in Uh my journal about the plant and it's so simple but it really like i don't know sometimes that shit just like sticks with you right where i was like i'd been i'd been feeling all this guilt and um just like thinking of my younger self as such a loser and pathetic mm-hmm. and realizing like the well that is me <laughs> like those th- even though that's like me before like that's still putting all of that on me now someone who i'm proud of yeah and so thinking it more of like um being part of a process or you know that was just uh, a, a phase like i don't know i don't i don't i feel like i'm absolved of that guilt now because uh-huh. I, I've, I'm not looking back at myself as like an, an idiot like right or bad but I, it was just a time in my life where things weren't going great <laughs> you know yeah where you learn I was growing yeah 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 and that's and that's that's kind of just putting that kind of that mindset for that period kind of has allowed you to move yeah like it was gross like that time of life was gross like that was like it was like a dark i don't know just a place i wouldn't want to go back to but like it happened and that's part of me and yeah that was part of my process right um but i am yeah i don't i don't regret it and it's like i'm it's cool to like talk about it with you right now and like not feel thank you for being so open yeah Yeah. i've you make it easy to talk about and i it's just uh i don't know it feels good to get to this point it it, at the time i think being with this guy was like the span of 10 years or something so it felt like forever which because that's actually i didn't ask the time frame of when it ended it was 10 years 10 years maybe a little less but close to that and and then one of the guys i talked to recently um who the three of us had started that group together yeah it was uh, about a year ago i um he had made a post about the me too movement uh-huh. and uh how you know if any it was good that it was good or bad he had made a, a post that like because he's still working in film yeah this is not the guy that i was with but the other guy that we'd kind of started this production group with mm-hmm. and he'd made a post saying if you know i support women and if anything happens I would want to know about it and blah, blah, blah. So I texted him and I said, you know, if you really want to be that person you say you want to be, like that, this guy you're working with, like he did this stuff to me yeah. and, and he immediately called me and we talked for a long time and I finally like got closure over that time like he's he said he'd cut all ties with that guy he's wow like, um before i'd even told him he was like yeah I'd, over the over the past couple of years i noticed he was just kind of a slime ball yeah anytime he'd go on the road he'd 
cheat on his girlfriends, you know, whoever he was with at the time. And right. he was like, I, I've already stopped working with them, but I just, I wanted to call you and let you know that. And he like apologized for anything he, ha- he had done. And um, it was really cool <laughs> to, I don't know, yeah. to like he, he finally. So a little bit of justice. Something, yeah, kind of yeah. work itself out where it was like. Okay, I'm not the only one who who sees this because that kind right. of messed up my head too. Thinking like I'm the only one who's seeing this guy as like n- not a great guy, you know. Everybody yeah. else like is like loving working with him because he's talented. Yeah. And then over time, uh, yeah, that happened. So they've cut his eyes, and we still have a, a few mutual friends who like <laughs> I've told them what have happened, and they they still feel for him. Uh huh. They, they shuffled their feet around it. Yeah. Yeah. But then I have a friends like uh, Janelle, who I was telling you about, who we've been friends for over a decade now, and she's yeah. just like, she's got my back, you know. Her, yeah. her and Katie, one time we ran into each other, and that his ex that found out we'd been cheating uh-huh. uh, started getting in my face at like a show. She like poured a glass of water on my head. Oh shit! And <laughs> okay. And Katie and Janelle. Wait, when was this? <laughs> this was like a. This was a maybe a few months to a year after like everything happened and we'd shown up at this concert and they were playing at it Mm. and she came up and was really drunk and she's you know was yelling at me and put through a glass of water on my head and katie and janelle out of nowhere like came up around me and started like you know back up back up (laughs) it's like never seen anything like that i'd never had like a someone stick up for me like that and then it was i was i didn't even like care that i had water <laughs> like poured on me because i was like so like i, have I can't believe that I have friends. Me. Yeah. yeah that no, was actually really cool um and then yeah that just solidified like i don't need to be around those toxic people like you said they were toxic for me um i found real friends i yeah. kind of just gravitated towards things that are good for me yeah. and i try to continue to do that yeah no it sounds like you're doing a good job last 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 questions <laughs> um for anyone is who currently is into uh, conspiracies and separate, anyone who is currently in a, uh, you know, abusive, emotionally manipulative relationship, what advice would you give to those? And they're two separate. Th- they're right. Obviously there's, <laughs> you have a very strong connection. I'm sure other people out there have some sort of connection between the two. But what what would your advice to those people well, be? For the conspiracy theories, I feel like if you're having fun with whatever you do in life, keep pursuing that. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, some things take hard work, which might not be fun. Like, right. sometimes I have to write, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> but uh-huh. And it's a process, and maybe it will bring back things that are painful. But, like, I know through that i'll evolve but if it's driving you crazy and just you're losing sleep over it and it's you know i would say get out of that but it's kind of it's similar it almost is kind of similar with abusive relationships because it's easier said than done i feel like a lot of times women are in those kind of relationships um and maybe men too. I don't. Actually, I know men. Oh are yeah, too. no, it, but men men do too. Men, yeah, yeah, men, yeah. It's hard. It's um, you part of you really does care for that person, whether it's real or you were manipulated to do it. But it's really hard. One to accept that 
you're being abused like i feel like that's hard for a lot of people to accept uh-huh. that they're like somebody's bitch <laughs> like basically right that's like not a very eloquent way of saying that. no fuck eloquence <laughs> eloquence is overrated that's be honest you want to feel like i don't know i feel like sometimes it's that mistreatment is like like justifies your love like or i don't know if justifies is the right word but like par- like that's just how you love it like, makes it okay because yeah or it's we okay. love each other yeah or it's just like that's just your dynamic but it's it's i don't know i wish there was an easy way to just be like get out of it but um it is better i remember wondering like being so scared of losing everybody and then when it happened, it was scary. But then eventually, it's, I'm like, at every day I move farther away from that, I feel so much happier. Yeah. So I've that is an example. It led to a much better life. Yeah, and I I feel like uh, sometimes people might feel like what they're in now is gonna be forever, and mm-hmm. they can't get out of it. But as long as you're still alive, there's time to to get out of it. Yeah. And to reshape your life and move to a place with more sunshine and water <laughs> right i feel bad because i just thought of another question and i want to ask you it but it's kind of a downer question possibly um that's fine w- if if sh- his girlfriend never found out do you think you would have continued being in that do you think it would have gotten worse or do you think you would have figured it out yourself i wow that's a really I yeah. don't know if I, I honestly, like I was getting so depressed and used. Like yeah. I don't, I don't, it, it got really bad and yeah. I feel like it could have gotten worse to the point where I might've given up because it was just like, what do you mean given up? Like just ended my life because uh-huh. it was, it was like, I, I don't know. It was so hard for me to just, uh, harbor this secret and then continue to be used and then um but uh, yeah i don't know it was it's kind of like i really really learned that lesson like the truth will set you free like um that was kind of a it was nice everybody knowing that i i feel like i don't know how i could have lived with myself too if i if she'd never known or if like nobody ever knew like i really i like having all my cards out on the table yeah i like uh, being an open book um i don't like having any secrets right so that was i really felt like i was living a different life um but uh, yeah i don't know i i i had ran into the guy later do we have time to talk about this yes 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 i'd ran into him later um about three years after it had all like shit hit the fan and i wasn't part of that group but i've been going to film school and doing comedy and i'd made some comedic short films uh-huh. and he sent me a message that he wanted to be friends again and so i was like great like my life is going good now like i've we're not living the secret anymore <laughs> like maybe we can start anew right and i went to his apartment which was actually he'd he sung in a church oh so this whole time he was like doing all this fucked up shit but he'd sung in a church and he would yeah it's it's crazy um but he was house sitting at the 
pre- priest's uh, apartment. Uh-huh. So I was at this priest's apartment that he was house-sitting at, and I was showing him the videos, and we were drinking beers and stuff. Um, and I had drinking, uh, like, a vodka drink, and I started feeling kind of weird. And I, I was st- getting... He, like, went to hug me, and it felt so wrong. I, like, I did not... I don't know what I was thinking would happen going to his house there, but I, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, like, no part of me wanted to sleep with him. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling weird, and I went in the bathroom and was just kind of like, oh, shit, like, I'm really drunk. Like, and I asked if I could just stay at the on one of the beds. There was, like, two rooms. And he was uh-huh. like, yeah, of course. And so I fell asleep. And I woke up and my jeans were off and he was just like standing over me. And I was like, well, this me. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, something had happened. And he said nothing happened, but like I didn't, I, who takes their jeans and underwear off in their sleep passed out? Like right. not me. I don't do that. So I was, I was like something had happened and that was almost the last time I'd ever talked to him. So I, I thought about sharing that because I don't know if she had never found out if so, if something ha- would have gone differently, mm-hmm. but something did happen later, and when it got to that extreme, where I I think I was drugged. Yeah. Because I, I had like, like yeah it. I had two beers and then like he he was out of beers and he was like well I can make you this drink and then yeah I'm out <laughs> and then yeah so I think that's what happened. Um, and that was like our mutual friends like well maybe you got maybe you took your pants off at night because you got hot or mm-hmm. you know maybe uh you were drinking too much or you know so it was kind of another thing where i was like i don't know and i i told uh, later i finally kind of got the courage to tell my friends katie and janelle about it and they yeah. were like fuck that guy <laughs> you know they have my yeah. back i had good friends and uh i hadn't i he i would see him around town and just go the other way or yeah. you know he would message me on facebook and i would block him you know right. so th- there was just i just no communication ever after that and then i think it was just because i i wasn't sure if it was happening when we were together because mm-hmm. we were together and also that i was just unconscious the last time so it was like right. i don't know it was just awful that it happened but maybe kind of good because it was the f- i was able to actually come to terms with the, what he was doing to me yeah and not it was i mean I'm, I'm really sure that happened but i'm glad the takeaway was well this is definitive evidence this is a horrible person i should never be around it's really what i took from it i was yeah. like oh okay and so i closed the book on that and then the the last last time i talked to him was on like the day the me too movement happened Mm-hmm. because he sent me a friend request so i guess i hadn't blocked him or something i just ignored his messages yeah i think i didn't want to take any action but he'd sent me a friend request and then i i told him on facebook messenger i don't want to be your friend yeah. <laughs> i don't <laughs> he's like i know you probably hate me i was like i don't hate you but i really don't like you and we don't have to be friends like there right. doesn't have to be a that's what I think I wanted out of that last time we met was like, a, yeah. let's be friends. Maybe we can, you know, get we over this. this. Yeah. Um, but obviously that didn't work out. And so, and I, I told him the times that I remembered him raping me and spelled it out for him. Yeah. And he said something like, uh, well, I hope through it, it 
helped you become who you are or something like that uh which he was right but also like pissed me off because i was like that shouldn't be like that wasn't what you the say. In, that wasn't the intent <laughs> no he I, wasn't doing that like i'm just i'm just a helping hand uh yeah no that's 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 a lot of just uh, really manipulative i know a lot of guys um i hear that a lot in rape cases um or like in Hollywood of like, uh, it makes women stronger. Um, but I always wonder how strong they could have been if that hadn't happened. Um, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, yes, people learn from tragedy, but also what happens if you were just loved your whole life? Right. You know, and I, I'm lucky that I have had a lot of love in my life, but uh-huh. you know, um, I don't think <laughs> you have to be mistreated to grow and do great things. Yeah. And I think people that are really strong can blossom out of being mistreated like that, but it doesn't make them great. You also you also lose a lot of people. Yeah. There's all there's there's so many people who uh who I don't I, I'm not even going to say, you know, it's strength or no strength, you know, cuz I know a lot of strong people who didn't make it, but at the at the end of the day like that that yeah, I, I, it, it, it's you know uh, people you you lose people to abuse yeah, and it's kind of I feel like it's like it definitely does take strength to 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 grow from it, but like um, that's a coin flip. But anyone who who takes credit for yeah. your growth, uh, it's fucked that, up. That that makes me mad. <laughs> sorry, I know. sorry. No, it should. It well, like I shouldn't make you ma- mad, but it it definitely was like, who the fuck is this guy? So I I I that's when I blocked him, blocked him yeah. from like everything, because for a while there, I, it was like I felt like I had a loaded gun and I could pull the trigger at any second, because uh-huh. everybody was sharing their stories online. Right. Women, I mean, it's I still kind of do. We're in the sense that I feel like women have a voice. And it's yeah. less scary now to talk about because so many other women have shared their stories. So it's right. less of like a, oh, crazy, that happened to you. It's more of like, oh, that happened to you too. Like, if, yeah. so it, it, it's cool in that sense where it's, it's way less stressful to talk about because it's more common or more commonly known. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, I feel like, uh, I mean, if you've been through something traumatic and then you meet other people who've been through traumatic things, it's a lot easier to f- at least not feel um, alone with it. Yeah. Uh, if if you know if that if that you know if that makes sense. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm trailing off. I just went no, my own little <laughs> tangent. In it was my like head. a yeah, the sorry. Me Too movement was like a support group for half the nation. It was yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. Very powerful stuff, and so in that instance i was able to end it myself yeah you know and you yeah you put the and you never put them on blast online or anything like that either no i it's like i'll talk about it now like on podcasts yeah but it's a it's a lot to think about if you want to do that because part of me is like is he doing this to other women and do i need to step forward to protect others yeah and also I want to be, I'm done with it. 
I don't I don't want to I don't want to be you've grown from it you've I really don't want him in my life at all anymore and so putting him on blast like that that's gonna I mean I think we have like 500 mutual friends right on Facebook and a lot of those people have no idea his profile picture is like a um saint right like a (laughs) like a catholic saint it's like he's like it's he's got a lot of people um thinking he's really good and i'm sure he does good things but i don't think they have any idea of his past and the people that do feel bad for him because of his childhood Uh uh-huh because he doesn't have a dad yeah which yeah yeah, i I mean you and i i think know a lot of people especially like i'm talking about in comedy that have lived like way fucked up lives and they come out shining and they're such good people yeah and so it's yeah like you said earlier it's hard to i kind of laugh at that excuse now because yeah no there's there's a there's a lot more fucked up people on this podcast who i think are who've been on this show (laughs) who uh i i would uh, you know uh, i think are very good people who've yeah, yeah. No, I, that that excuse always uh I don't know what to do with it. I'm kind of like I'm just healing from it myself and yeah. um that the Me Too movement it didn't happen that long ago. No. Um so and that really brought back a lot of helped, shit. Yeah. Um which sucked at first cuz I couldn't go a day without hearing about rape. <laughs> so it's like Yeah. That was no, like Oh, I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, that like brought back a lot of shit." But, you know, I've been I feel like doing the work and really trying to just uh, come to terms with it and accept it and not be try to ignore that that was part of my past, but to just uh, embrace that that it is something that happened. Yeah, acknowledge mm. it. Know that it isn't you. It's just a part of what you went through and yeah, all of that. Yeah, and also like you don't have to. You don't have to. B- besides what makes you happy and healthy, you don't have to do anything with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I d- I really unless you want to, you know. Um, I don't even want to get involved with it. It's right. like uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. My boyfriend told me, because uh, I told him I felt like I had a loaded gun and I could pull the trigger whenever I want. And he was uh-huh. like, "I think you need to make a decision." <laughs> He's like, "I don't <laughs> think you should be carrying that around. Like, you either got to do it or don't. Yeah, and decide, or otherwise you're gonna be." struggling with that your your whole life right and i thought that was really wise um and i kind of came to terms with that i wasn't going to do it but i'm not going to lie like every once in a while i think maybe i should Uh um but i have seen i have seen like a little bit of it work itself out just from talking to like i told you that the one guy who's cut all ties with him Mm -hmm. they don't work together anymore um and i think he's told a lot of people in that group that that yeah. guy's like not a good guy right. and um i don't know it's kind of working itself out yeah. in a way where if he can i feel like everybody still has time to grow and yeah. maybe he can break that cycle of abuse that yeah i mean and that's up to him yeah and it's totally up to him and that, that's honestly it that's all i hope is that nobody gets hurt yeah. from it and maybe he can heal from it too and not have to live a life where he's preying off of other people um, yeah well I yeah i th- this was how, d- how do you how do you feel 
I feel good. Okay. Yeah, I I like uh, talking about this stuff with you, Tom. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 glad you were. Thank you, thank you for being so you know open and honest about everything. Yeah. Um, there were so th- I hope I please when I went on Kill Tony and talked about conspiracies a little bit, and I get tagged in stuff on Twitter almost every day of conspiracies. <laughs> oh, really? Because you talked about it, Kill Tony. <laughs> I'm worried I'm gonna get a bunch of the. Hey, no, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, yeah. Do you know about Building 7? <laughs> yeah, I know about Building 7. I think, I think the people who listen to this show, uh, they, 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 they know that, I, they know this isn't an invitation to send you a bunch of conspiracy <laughs> shit. Okay. They get, they're not, they're not, yeah, they're, they, it's, you know, I mean, and I don't know all of the listeners and it's not, it's still a right. new podcast, you know, it's still building, but like, it seems like. A lot of listeners are people who've been been through some shit themselves and yeah. they want to hear how other people got through it. You know, nice. uh, that seems to be most of the listenership. And I'm sure there's also people who are just like, what the fuck is this? Like, All right. This is kind of entertaining. I'm sure I'll apathetically. You're yeah, this a great is my interviewer. Rotation. Oh, thank you. That's for Well, I wasn't sure how to talk about all this shit because it was so like it's just such a blur in my head and a web of stuff, but your questions really led into things really nicely. Well, thank you. Since we're getting to the part of the show where you're complimenting me, <laughs> can you plug, can you plug, uh, what it is you want to plug? So we, <laughs> yes, listen to a screw ups podcast. You uh, absolutely should. Nicole yeah. and I, Tom's on one of the episodes there and you can follow me at Jetski Johnson. Yeah, no, absolutely. Listen to screw ups. I think it's a, I think it's a great show. Um, yeah. And my episode was, it was, it was fun. It was a fun episode. Uh, thank you so much for doing it. Um, yeah, follow her on the social medias. Thank you, everybody, for listening. All right.